This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Do we have the man? Do we? There he is. I hear you over there. All right. All right, Bob. Good to have you here today, man. Um, it's eight days from Arkansas baseball. Do you have a number eight that sticks in the back of your mind anywhere? Willie Stargell's maybe one of my greatest, fa- my, my favorite players of all time. He wore number eight. Do you have a number eight that sticks for you? Yeah, he was a great Was Yogi Bear number eight? You sure was. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Yankee fan, but how can you not be a Yogi Bear fan, you know? So I guess he's a... He's, he's he's an eight though. Of course, Al Kaline wore six. My all-time favorite player, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I think people are definitely ready for baseball season. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. You, I, I, re- I read this morning your piece in the Democrat about. Um, you know the AP writers being wrong on Arkansas, and I mean you had to. You're a voter, so you had to make an example out of yourself with this. You know we've done the same thing on this show. Um, it, it that's part of the story of this base of this basketball season. Even with the month left, is that there's no team in the country where those who pay attention to the sport have whiffed so far than than on Arkansas. And man, you got the numbers to prove it. Yeah, uh, and of course I had to point out the coaches voted um, <laughs> Arkansas 14th also, and I think I think it was grounded in in uh, common sense. I mean, most people I talked to, and I certainly felt this way, is you're uh, voting on first and foremost you're voting on Eric Musselman's track record. We're not talking about a one year wonder. We're talking about a guy who the last six times they had the NCAA tournament, he led a team there, either Nevada or Arkansas, and. Two times they went to the lead eight, and two other times they went to Sweet Sixteen. And obviously, the last year at Arkansas, two lead eights, the Sweet Sixteen. Um, he did, he'd done that with constant roster turnover, a lot of transfers, some freshmen, and so you know, I think I don't think it was uh, you know foolhardy to think that that Eric Musselman would put together another good team that would be among the best in the country when when it was all said and done, and. Um, you know, but here in his ninth year, that that hadn't been the case. But I still think Eric's an excellent coach and an elite coach. And for whatever reason this year, it, it just hadn't clicked. A, a point Phil brought up yesterday was there, the only way that coach brings Devo back is to to be in unison in the locker room. That, the, that all the guys in the locker room uh, had, had to be on board too. Do you have any insight? Any anything to add to this whole Devo saga? Well, I wish I was in the locker room and <laughs> could talk to everybody, but I guess I don't have any, you know, intimate knowledge of the inner workings of the team. But yeah, I have to believe that, you know, when, when they put out the statement that, that Devo had stepped away from the program, it was very vague. And Eric, you know, he was professional in the post game. He wasn't, you know, mean or anything. He clearly did not want to go beyond that statement. And in retrospect, I think what he was doing was he was trying to, not paint Devo into a corner and to give him every opportunity to come back if that's what he wanted to do. And if, you know, the coaching staff and the team was agreeable, I don't mean like the players get a vote, but I have to believe that Eric tested the waters on that. You don't want to bring a guy back unless the other guys want him back. I I wouldn't do that anyway. And Devo, uh, to my knowledge, I'm not a social media wizard, but I don't think he put out any kind of inflammatory statements. So I think they both left themselves some wiggle room. So, um, you know, the way Eric talked about on his radio show Monday night, they had a very you know good meeting Wednesday or th- Sunday in, in Eric's office at, at the uh, practice facility. Then he said they lifted weights together. So I guess that's kind of a male bonding thing or whatever. And then Devo, you know, the team was off. There were probably some other players around, I'm guessing. But he said Devo went in and worked up a sweat and got some shots up. And then he was back at practice Monday. And I don't know, Tron Mark, who was on the radio show, said it was good to see Devo back and he was working hard. So, we don't know exactly. So I, 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 I admit I don't know exactly what happened or uh, what uh, resulted in Devo being back on the team. But I think it has to be that you know Eric and Devo they're both pretty intense guys, right? And I think that's why they've had success. They do. I don't think you can change their personalities. I've heard somebody say, oh, "I wish Eric wouldn't get so many technicals," or "I wish Devo's gotten some technicals and some flagrants." But I think if you try to take that out of their personalities and out of their game, they're not as good. 
I mean, I think that's part their intensity is part of what makes them, you know, do, you know, good at their jobs, whether it's being a coach or being a player. So, uh, I, I'm just thankful that, you know, they reached some kind of agreement where he could come back. So I think it would have been very sad if, if, uh, you know, cause Devo, I'm not saying he's, you know, Carlos Williams, Center City Moncrief or something, but he's been a very productive player from the state, had some big moments in big games like Kansas last year in the NC tournament, like the big shot he against Earl Roberts when he was a freshman and get our inside of the Elite Eight. And so, um, he's had a rough year just like a lot of these guys have. It's been a rough year for, for everybody, fans, players, coaches. And, um, but I, I personally am glad that, you know, they found a way to bring Devo back and hopefully, you know, he, he and the team can finish, can finish out strong. I'll be curious to see what kind of role does he have Saturday. I assume he'll play. I don't think you bring a guy, you know, an older guy back. If you're not going to play him, they've had a whole week. And then, uh, you know, assuming, you know, Devo gets up there and I don't think he'd start, but who knows? Eric started four different combinations, but who knows? And, uh, but whatever Devo, uh, gets in there, I'll be real curious to see what the fan reaction is. I think there's a media availability for Musk tomorrow. It's it's been a while since he's done a preview of a game. I th- you know you get a chance to talk after the after uh, after games, but some of those are, are pretty quick uh, press conferences because so much of it is just on the game that you just watched. But um, I don't. Do you remember the last time they've done a pregame uh, presser? I guess it was for Kentucky. Was, uh, I think it was two weeks ago against Kentucky. Didn't do anything for LSU, which I guess was a quick turnaround. But yeah, you're right. And believe me, nobody's more aware. <laughs> That he hadn't been doing those than the media, and we—I mean, I'd love to. I mean, Eric, when Eric's available, he's good, so I—I I want him to be available as much as possible. But um, I get that, you know, especially last week they had, you know, two road games, quick turnaround, and this week I guess you know they're sort of in their their bubble or their bunker, or whatever coaches want to call it, where they're they're focusing on the game. And then also, I I think frankly, you know, Eric doesn't enjoy. I mean, he, he's, like I say, he's always professional. He always answers your questions. But, I mean, I don't think he particularly is, is enjoying talking about the struggles. I mean, who, who would be? But, you know, it's just, it goes with the job, though, too. Bob, I don't know if you've seen this story about Kirk Herbstreet um, encouraging a Georgia commitment uh, quarterback, Dylan Rayola, to flip to Nebraska. I, I just want to ask you about about the ethics of, of the job sometimes. And, uh, you know, you and, and Herb Street do much different things, uh, but you're both in the media. You know, when you're a writer and you're a journalist, maybe there might be some different ethics that you follow than somebody who's an analyst uh, that's on television. You know, I don't know if you view Herb Street as a journalist necessarily or as an entertainer, but it, it, it just felt to me that, there's a, that that's crossing a certain line of ethics that maybe he should have thought about. And I wonder what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, um, and I agree. I, uh, there's a lot of things different about Curb Street and me, probably number one being our paycheck. But uh, I'm not complaining about mine. I just think makes a whole lot more money than I do. All those TV guys do. But, um, um, yeah, I don't think you should be influencing a player like that. I mean, how, how does that make Georgia feel? You know, I, I, you know, I think as a journalist, and, you know, like you say, he's probably, you know, analyst, entertainer. I mean, you know, ESPN and, daily newspaper and slash websites, two totally different animals. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's good to inject yourself in the story. You know, that, that AP pollster we were talking about, I was very hesitant to, and I didn't mention myself by name, but I felt like I'm writing about how badly the media missed on projection first. And I'm not knocking anybody. I mean, it was universal coaches, players, I mean, coaches, you know, media, but I felt like, well, if I'm one of the 65 voters, I kind of need to point that out. You know, so, I did that uh, high in the story, and then I didn't really make reference to it again. But I felt like that's you know an interesting disclosure. But yeah, I, 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 get back to the original question. Yeah, I don't think Kirk Street or Kirk Kirk Street or anybody should be uh, influencing what what a player does. I mean, I think uh, even if you're work, you know, ESPN and, and the SEC are essentially business partners. Well, well, they were. Now it's, it's, it's it, you know not, not, well they still are. Yeah. I was getting CBS and ESPN mixed up somehow. But, you know, how is Kirby smart? How is he going to feel the next time he sits in some production meeting with, with uh, Kirk Herbstreit? I don't know. But I really think no matter how big you are, and, and even if there's a business relationship between the network and the conferences, and there's millions and millions, maybe billions of dollars involved, you don't need to interject yourself into directing players where to go. 
Hey, I saw uh, uh, where the, the Hogs are picked by the coaches to win the SEC title, and, and Kendall Diggs and Hagan Smith were both all-conference players, Bob. Um, who, who else do you think on this team at the end of the year could end up being an all-conference player not named Kendall Diggs or Hagan Smith? Well, I, I would have said Peyton Stovall, and, and you know, it's not like he's out for the year, but that was, you know, you hate to see that he's going to miss four to six weeks with a foot injury. He's had, he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of bad luck, but I think, you know, he's an elite bat. He's an elite defender. Hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later. Maybe he gets back, you know, sometime in March, you know, hopefully. But I, I think he's a guy, um, that's a two, my, my own name, but I, I think Peyton Holt, who probably will play at second in place of Stovall. I, I think he's, he's a guy, uh, that could, uh, um, you know, be, uh, be, be in the picture. He's going to play somewhere, second, third, whatever, maybe DH. Um, I think the catcher, you know, the guy from Texas Tech whose name escapes me, I know Phil knows, he's he's a guy, he's, he's an elite bat. And Dave Van Horn talked about, yeah, Dave Van Horn talked about he's never had depth like this, the catcher, because he figured some guys would go in the portal or the nation league draft. He's got, you know, you got Parker Rowland back, who was a really good catcher, didn't hit much. Um and Hudson Polk didn't hit a lot, but based on what Davis said, they had really good summers uh, playing summer ball. I guess in the Cape Cod League, or maybe it was the Northwoods. And then, um, and they they batted well in fall camp, and then and then in preseason. So, um, and then I think you know, look at Brady Tiger if he can stay healthy. Whether he's a, you know, I think he's going to be a starter, but you know, depending on what happens during the season, he might close games. I think he, he's an elite arm. I think Molina, you know, another transfer from Texas Tech. Elite lefty, um, so yeah, those those are the guys that I, I guess come to mind for me. And you really hope Stovall can get back uh, as soon as possible and, and stay healthy because I think he's a he's an elite player when, when he can get on the, when, when he's on the field. I'll have some thoughts on 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 that later on as we go through the show today. But I think Vaheva Aloy could be uh, could be a postseason pick. Yeah, I was going to say him, except I have trouble saying his first name, David <laughs> Vaheva. <laughs> Yeah, was giving us the pronunciation guide. I guess there's some silent letters in there. But yeah, but I've not been out to see him scrimmage, but by all accounts, he's he's been swinging the the bat great, and he's an elite uh, defensive player, and that's an elite you know position. George stops, so yeah, he's definitely a guy I, I would watch too. Bob, who who wins the Super Bowl, and uh, what's the one matchup you're looking for? But give me give me a winner. Well, if the Packers don't win, I really don't care. <laughs> I guess, He's literally like me. <laughs> I, I guess I'll say the Chiefs because I just I, I think I saw the 49ers are slight here. Number one, I hate the 49ers because they always beat the Packers in the playoffs. So, interest of full disclosure, I, I like, you know, all due respect to Dre Greenlaw, great guy, Fayetteville guy, Brandon Allen, wish him the best. I can't stand the 49ers as a franchise. I just, I'm just being honest. Right, fair enough. I appreciate the honesty. Um, and, and, and the Chiefs, you know, I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans around here. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I think he's just showing, okay, he's never had to win on the road. Well, he's on the road now, right? Now he's, and he's got the experience. I think Andy Reid, he may be 66 for everybody. He's in the prime of his coaching career. So I, I, I would go with the Chiefs. And I guess the matchup, uh, Patrick Mahomes against Dre Greenlaw. I like it. I like it. Thanks, thanks, Bob. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's Arlington Hotel. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Oh, it looks uh, like Daniel Gafford may be on the move. How would you like? Uh, how would you like to be traded from one team to another? Just knowing the records here, real quick here, Matt, going from a nine and forty-one team that is totally rebuilding and has no chance of making the postseason 
to a 28 and 23 team that right now uh, would be in the play-in tournament. Well, you got Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving that are both Hall of Famers, uh, and Jason Kidd's their coach, Hall of Famer. I, I just looked at Daniel Gafford's last uh, 12 games, Phil. Mm-hmm. Eight of them, he has multiple blocks. That's what the that's wow. what he's bringing him in for. You know, he has he has a four block game, a six block game, a five, a five, a couple five, couple fours in in his last twelve games. I think only two. And there was only four games he didn't have multiple blocks in, in in the same game. So it's a that's what Dallas. When I remember when I I, I, we, I watched the Lakers and the in the Mavs play, and I, I said, man, the Mavs just they just got bullied. They don't have anybody inside. That's a need they had to go and address, and they, they're addressing it. And, dude, what a high flyer, man. You know, Gafford, no he plays above the rim. Uh, being traded to the Mavs for center Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation. Gafford averaging just under 11 points, 8 rebounds, and 2.2 blocks uh, for the Wizards this year. So good for him. Going to be going over to a team that's – Got something to play for. 877-377-6963 to get on halftime on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tim is on hold. Our first caller today. Tim, what's going on? Hi, guys. How's it going? Love the show. Um, wasn't um, Steve Young number eight? Yes, sir. I think he was, yes. And uh, was Troy Aikman also number yes. eight or number six? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's two of the greats, number eight. Tommy Matt. And, um... And, um Field, uh, no offense, uh, Matt, I love you to death on the show. I really do, but I was wondering if uh, Phil's buddy was going to be back with him on uh, baseball this year, Bubba. Bubba, yeah, he's but, coming back uh, for baseball, absolutely. I don't uh, think great. I, I love you too, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I love doing the game great with time. him. I, I wouldn't, I'd had a great time doing, uh, did three seasons with Rick, and we had a great time doing that. Um, Bubba and I have, uh, this will be the sixth Sixth season, I think. Ninth season. Uh, no, seventh season. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll find new ways to annoy each other or anything. What, uh, Tim, what about this baseball Cheers. team excites you more than anything else right now? Right here, you two, on the radio. And uh, one more thing, go Niners. Okay, very good. He dropped a little woo in there, too. Woo. It's been a minute since we got a, we got a woo. Speaking of woo, I learned something uh, yesterday from, uh, from Jill who takes care of Mike Neighbor's kids when they're on a trip with us. Uh, she is into mountain climbing. She told me you know, how Eduardo the Sherpa from, uh, from Clarksville, Eddie from Clarksville, I learned yesterday that the Sherpas, that's actually their, their family name. Whoop. It's not a, the, the noun Sherpa does not mean somebody that just takes you up Mount Everest. That's their last name, or it's their family name. It's the, at least that's what she told me. I guess I'd believe anything she says about mountain climbing. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., number eight. I mean, it would sort of start and stop as far as that number is concerned for for that sport. I don't know any other number eights, but I do know the Intimidator. And well, you had one yesterday. Somebody called in... Um you know, prematurely with Cal Ripken Jr. So there's, there's the, mm-hmm. there's the number that's a, eight. That's a number eight too. Uh, I always think uh, Kawobe uh, before he changes number to twenty four. Black Mamba was number eight. That's right. There's another one that's worth putting in there. These these single digit numbers uh, have a lot of weight uh, carried to him here. A lot of weight carried to him here. Ben wants to give a shout out to the Southside Maverick Boys Bowling Team yesterday for winning the state championship. That's pretty cool. I wonder so what do you uh what do you uh what do you bowl? What do you average uh when you win a state championship as a team? Matt, what's the highest you've ever bowled? I have a tragic story about the best number I've ever hit. I want to say I had a 196, 197-ish, somewhere around there. I've never broke 200, and I've only bowled in the 190s once. I'm a 130 bowler. You know, I'm a one one anywhere from about 120 to 140 is usually what I what I bowl. Now you've had the shoulder issue too. Does that ever bother you when you're rolling? Well, that I can ball? I can roll I can roll flippy style and I can okay. roll, I can roll hundred left handed. I'm I'm a little bit DJ <laughs> okay. Singh on them. Well, we'll wow. usually I, if you go, you're going to play three to five games. The first two I'll do right handed, and then that third game I I, I I drop down and go left hand on them. Man, I would need I would need the bumpers up if I was doing left handed bowling. Otherwise, best I ever did, and I had about I don't know it was like a two year period there, late teenage years. My friends and I had a bowling alley that we went to almost every weekend. 
uh, and we would stay there until the place closed. Our wrists and our fingers would get sore. Oh, the whole next day you're sore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 199. I hit 199. Like that, I would rather not even get 199. I'd rather just spend the rest of my life in the 130s and the 140s. You get 199. That's yeah. tragic, man. I'm never going to get there. I will never bowl that much to where I'll be good enough to come close to 200. That is that is a that is a feat I will never reach. And I came that close. And I just wish I wouldn't have even tried. Ease his pain. <laughs> That's, I need that help, man. Maybe maybe Gabriel later on in life will help me ease my pain about that, that one extra man. freaking pin. Moonlight Graham, yeah, I, I'm a 190. That's my 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 PR too. I, I I'm with you because I had a chance. You know, you get to that tenth frame and you see what's going on, and uh, couldn't close the deal, Phil. Um, two some... two of my teammates, uh, Ahmad Batman Carroll, and uh, he's from Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a first round pick for the Green Bay Packers. Bob Holt will know him. He was number eight. And he shared the number with a, a, a guy from Shreveport, Louisiana, named Richard Smith, who still works up there uh, for the university. What an underrated receiver Richard Smith was. Two-sport athlete, too, right? All-American triple long jumper on the yeah. track team. That's that's what I'm talking about. Both of those guys, Phil. Uh, Ahmad Carroll one year had a top 20 fastest time in the world on a 200-meter time. It was like, whoa. Like, I mean, the dude, he won a ring. Both of them won national championships on the track team. And, and you got to score. You got to do good. To you, They don't just hand those rings out to anybody. Carroll had himself a pretty good NFL career there, too. He was he, a Packer, wasn't he? He was a pack, first-round pick, played played for a couple years. Um, I, I don't know if he played six years or, or what, but he was he wore a size 15, Phil. He was like, what, six foot? Uh, six one maybe on a good day, and and he had a he had a, a big old foot. Uh, Rob also texted in he had a two ninety nine once. Now two ninety nine. That's like that's like finishing a baseball season with a three ninety nine. Four so nine, left, nine 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 batting a, average. He and left, you can't round it up. Left a hanger on the tenth frame. Then that's that's if you got a ten ninety if you got a two ninety nine it had to be on the the tenth frame right. Must have been. <laughs> that is abs- He's with that. That is just the. It's got to be the worst moment of your life, Rob. First of all, to be able to bowl two ninety nine is pretty darn impressive. But doesn't three hundred? Doesn't three hundred? That's the same. Hey, having a career batting average of two ninety nine is great. One point differential will make you look so much better in everybody's eyes when they're looking back at your career on baseball reference or all of that. There is there is a more to me it feels like there'd be a more than a one pin difference between two ninety nine and three hundred. Because it felt like a hundred pin difference between one ninety nine and two hundred. I'm telling you, I, I got spares and strikes. I had like seven or eight of them when I when I rolled my 190. And you're just like, but you got to get strike after because what does it go? Time and a half each time you you add on a strike, and that's what it just it just adds up. I've never manually added up a bowling score. Have you done that? Did they teach you that when you were younger? You can. Yeah, you can, that was a way that we learned some math, but no, nobody does it like that. Anymore. Nobody does it like that anymore. Now yeah. it's all now it's all like cartoons and and, and 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 music videos on your. On your screen. I mean, bowling was so much better when we were young, man. So much better when we were young. There was cigarette smoke everywhere. I mean, you couldn't. Uh, uh, there was probably cigarette ashes in each of the in each of the holes of the bowling ball. Uh, people drooled on the bowling ball back then. I mean, it was a lot better. It was a lot better back then. Um, text coming in number eight. Richard Smith, Ahmad Carroll, Ocho Cinco. Wouldn't that also have to count? He was number eight at one point. 85, he, Ocho Was he 85? Cinco. Was he ever number eight? Or just the Ocho then. So the Ocho, ESPN's Ocho. Do you know he just took a job? I saw somewhere where he just took a job with the Las Vegas Raiders. As what? I don't know. But there was a, there was a report on like a bottom line that said he, he, had, he was hired by the, by, the LA, by, by the LV Raiders. Now that's that's interesting. First of all, Ocho Cinco in Vegas, and then any kind of uh, job that isn't catching passes in the NFL. Though I mean, you listen to him talk sometimes. He's he's a pretty interesting guy. Very interesting guy. They had him. Uh, I think it was BN Sports that he went over to the last World Cup and did some television for him, being an American ambassador in some way. Uh, he's a FIFA guy. He's he's a, he's a soccer kid. James in Fayetteville is on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Good morning, James. Thanks for the call. What's up? 
Hey, Phil. Hey, Matt. Hope y'all are doing well today. And Matt, I doubt you're going to be on the golf course today because wind is nuts. It is um, a little breezy. But, uh, you know, piggybacking off of uh, your little talk y'all did about Gafford and his new deal, I wanted to get your opinion, Matt. Who are the, uh, who would you say are like the top three or top four pro Razorbacks in the league right now with, you know, what they've been doing this year so far? Yeah, um, you know, Gaffer would be up there. I'm a Bobby Portis fan. Uh, I, I think he's he's up there. I just I know Malik Monk's not a Razorback, but I saw he went off for like 23 and 10 the the other night. Um, Anthony Black, I think, is going to be a hundred million dollar man. Uh, I mean, his next contract is going to be be ridiculous. Uh, is Pat Beverly still in the league? Yeah, I don't know who he's playing for right now. I I know the last I guess. The last time I saw him, wasn't he playing for Philadelphia? The yeah, and then those kids, or, those kids at Oklahoma City, man, they they the Thunder are yep. kind of rolling. He's with the Sixers. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big AB fan, like you, big Jalen Williams fan. I uh, I think those two are right now the top tier pro hogs mm-hmm. right now. But mm-hmm. then you got to throw you do have to throw Isaiah Joe in the mix, and then maybe you know obviously Gafford with the deal he just got. But uh, but yeah. Heck yeah, man, and, and and Bobby P as well. I, I think Portis is he's kind of so steady. What he's been the same player the last seven years. Like you know what you're getting every time he steps on the floor. Yeah, it's just wild to feel like there's four guys from last year's team that are in the NBA right now. Ricky Council had 14 points in 10 minutes the other night. Like it's, yeah. it's trash in the late in the game and stuff. It's 17 last night in a blowout that's, loss. That's what I mean in 10 minutes. That's he got in late. Trash. I mean he's an athlete out there. That's good for good for him. Man, it's it's wild to think of four guys in the NBA right now. And a year ago, a year ago, what's up? We were we were wondering what was going on with the basketball team about a year ago, and they started playing really well. I wonder what uh, next progression for Moses Moody is. You know, because he's I think he's a guy that's on the cusp. Let's close out hour number one of halftime in just a moment. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Softball's in action. Uh, Softball season starts today. Uh, They're in Boca Raton and uh, part of a Paradise Classic. Um, Would have helped if I'd have uh, looked on the schedule so I know who it is that they're playing today. But I'll tell you in a moment. They got Marshall and then FAU. It's nice, nice thing. Start the uh, start the season with a doubleheader. The uh, the thundering herd versus and the mole riders is that uh we got is that you say S A U and F A U F A U the owls the owls that's yeah, right okay mule riders does remain one of my favorite team nicknames blue and gold that's right that's right I've been there for a couple of football games uh, they actually get they actually get some people to those games uh, absolutely uh, we are uh, coming up to the Super Bowl three days away. Excitement has been building since uh, since we knew what the matchup was. Line's been holding pretty steady at Bet Sarazen. Uh, San Francisco favored by one and a half, 125 on the money line. Kansas City's plus 105. Got all kinds of, uh, as they call it, NFL championship game specials, boosted parlays. Um, we'll have Neil Atkinson on tomorrow, and I mean, he said they've got more prop bets uh, than anything else. Um, for the Super Bowl, and we all now we're starting to get uh, college football odds for next season too. Bet Sarazen's got Georgia as the odds-on favorite, plus three twenty-five. Ohio State, Texas, and Alabama rounding out the top four. 
I don't know enough about who Alabama's brought in or whom they have lost or what the recruiting class is like. Does it feel does it feel a little odd with Saban gone and a lot of a lot of players leaving that roster Matt, that Alabama would be a uh, championship contender next year, especially considering you get uh, Texas joining the league next year. I think Texas looks like they could be better than Alabama next season. Yeah, I, Alabama, I, I I like their coach they went and got. There, there will be a little bit of a transition, you have to think. It's still Alabama. They're going to still have talent. The SEC is going to be as deep and as, as most talented, more talented than it's ever been this next year at in Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, that's... Uh, there's a lot of talent out there. You you you, you want to see that's we asked Bill yesterday and you know who you kind of looking forward to maybe watching in spring ball. I think Alabama's top on the list that you want to see how they go out there. I do not think Milrow's going to be their quarterback. I mean, a hundred percent, I do not. Uh, they have talent everywhere still. The thing about Bama when they were rocking, when Bama's doing their thing. They always had an elite defense. I mean, they've they've had so many defensive guys, more than the offensive guys get getting drafted. But you know, run the ball. They have some athletes on the outside, but they always have elite defense, safeties, D tackles, corner, whatever. They they got it. So as long as they continue in that vein, I, I don't see any reason why Alabama is still not competitive in, in in that playoff twelve. You know how some of this also goes, at least when it comes to preseason, and I think that also goes to the idea of the poll, or not the polls, but the, the preseason odds. You know, and we, had a, we had a talk with Bob Holt in the last segment that if you missed, we'll have it on the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Um, you know, these, the, uh, some of the voters, uh, the AP voters, in, admitted to Bob that they put Arkansas in a certain spot because of the coach, because of Muss's success. Uh, at Arkansas, um, in the portal, and the idea that with these disparate parts that have not played together before, you get the right guy at the helm to put it all together and and find the secret sauce. And, you know, we're looking for the secret sauce still. I don't know if it's there, if they've got the ingredients for it, but that's why the Hogs were picked so high early in the season. And I wonder if... I wonder... uh, It's the brand name with Alabama that's doing that right now, do Kalen DeBoer that that's that's one thing to be able to win at the other places and to win quickly too both at Washington and and Fresno State do you do you automatically just I mean that's not Nick Saban (laughs) Saban did a great job at this team this last year not to say Kalen DeBoer can't but do you do you drop your expectations just a little bit now because it's a different coach who doesn't have that track record at Alabama or really even a track record of sustained success at one place. Well, the responsibilities increase. I, I think the Alabama Crimson Tide football job is the number one college football job in the country. Uh, just, I mean, the, re- the responsibilities, the pressure, the magnifying glass that's on you, uh, the workload, it's going to be a lot more stressful for them. That, that's for sure. The pressure is going to be on them. Um, you, you got to lean into it. You know, Saban said, I think it was after he had won his third one there, it was more relief than joy. You know, that's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. There's a lot that goes on that we don't see. And uh, it's, you know, coaches like to the relationship with the players and, and you're coaching the guys. But I think the exponentially, the stuff that goes out on outside that, I think that goes up tenfold or so. So he's going to have a lot more. It's going to, there's an adjustment of period for everybody. But when you look at his record, what is he like? 84% winning percentage everywhere. It's, 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 it's wild. Yeah. So you got to think he's, he, he's going to be okay. I'm just not sure about, you know, if it happens immediately. You know, that's the thing. Is that I feel like Alabama takes a step back this next year. And whether a step back is 10 wins or 9 wins, they're still going to be a really good team. I just don't think it'll be quite at the level that they've been used to or that they hope to get to. Can DeBoer get them there? Maybe. Probably so. Uh, but I'd just be surprised if it happens in the first year. 877-377-6963. Calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Six locations for McClarty Daniel in Springdale or Bentonville. And uh, always online at McClartyDaniel.com. By the way, this is an open hour, so if you want to get in with us, uh, now is the time. Speaking of Saban, uh, ESPN College Game Day. Be one of the new... Uh, he's not a host, He's not going to be the guy bringing it back from breaks and setting everybody up and everything. He's going to be the one who gets set up um, by, by the crew. 
I, I think this adds something to the show. I, th- I think Saban has, um, he can have a really fun personality. You got to be able to play around if you're going to be on one of these on one of these studio shows, especially if you're going on site like Game Day always does. Uh, you know, I think he's already developed a rapport with, with McAfee. He's going on his show quite a bit. Uh, I, I mean, is, is, would it be a reason you tune in? Maybe so. I mean, I'm in, I'd be interested to see and hear what Nick Saban has to say about the state of the sport. The sport's going to be changing in such amazing ways. And even in the next two years before the, the playoff contract is, is redrawn up after 2026, people would want to be asking his opinion on that anyway. Now you'll get it right, you know, right up in front of you on college game day. And, I mean, there might not be anybody better to break down film. I know if you ever watched some of the some of the video bits or video bites from his, his coach's show, it's like you could break it down better than anybody else and in a way that explained it easily to lay people. I think it'll be good TV. Well, my, my question to you is, because you just you, you brought to my attention the Kurt Herbstreit deal, uh, how, how is Saban still have an office on, on Alabama's camp, campus? Well, okay. Now, this also goes to the idea of maybe something I brought up earlier about Herbstreit and ethics. Now, I will say, it always felt, now, I shouldn't say it always felt, because I really wasn't watching college football when he was broadcasting. For... For Frank to be the athletic director <laughs> at Arkansas and the top college football commentator on ABC screams conflict of interest. It's a different era, so it's, it's not today. Nobody would be able to do that now. Nobody would be able to do that now. That's a standalone accomplishment. But when you are on ESPN College Game Day, that is, and ESPN, I mean, this is the preeminent pregame show of college football. I know Big Noon Kickoff has done well. ESPN Game Day is the preeminent show. I think Herb Street crossed the line of ethics by trying to help convince or even giving his opinion to the kid and his family to get Dylan Rayola to flip from Georgia to Nebraska. But you make a very salient point, Matt. If you're going to be on this show and giving your opinion about this and that and everything going on in the sport, can you still have an office in the athletic department? That's, you know, you got, um, you're in front of everybody and talking to all the players, you're swaying. The people listen. That's the thing. Saban's super smart. He's a genius when it comes to, to football. You want to tune in and hear what he has to say. If, if Saban, I think he, he, that, that power and that he moves the needle, I think it, uh, it's something I, I, I wonder about. Well, he moves the needle for sure. It's just, you know, there are fine lines that you walk when it comes to being involved in media and being involved with athletic organizations. It's a line that you probably understand I have to walk on a daily basis on this show. Chuck does the same thing in the morning. Um, It's not the easiest thing to think about sometimes, but certainly it's always there at the top of your mind. 877-377-6963 when you want to get on with us. Calls and texts come in on that McClarty Daniel hotline. Diane Diane texted in from Jonesboro, Matt. She doesn't want to eliminate Dirty Dancing or Ghost. She says that screens Patrick Swayze. I didn't say eliminate Dirty Dancing. I was actually for Dirty Dancing. I said eliminate Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Hmm. Decisions, decisions, decisions. We'll be right back with more Halftime. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. Brett Dolan's on the McClarty Daniel Hotline joining us on this Thursday on halftime. Brett, good afternoon. What's going on? How we doing, guys? Always good to be with you. You got it. You got it. Uh, favorite Super Bowl moment for you? One that stands out to you. It doesn't matter if it's recent, when you were growing up. What's the what's the top moment for you that you remember? 
you know, I was a Favre guy and a Packer guy, and yet the, the Super Bowl that they won, uh, it was uh, with Desmond Howard with a punt return or a kick return. That was a, a big moment, but uh, it probably have to be Packer-related. He had over 250 re- return yards that game or something mm-hmm. just absolutely sick. Yeah, I think Favre was like 14 to 27. I was a Favre fan, too. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't his best effort. But Desmond Howard stole the show. Was that the Super Bowl that he that the, he he throws the touchdown, takes the lead, and takes the helmet off, running around the field? Was that the Super that Bowl is. he won, or the one they lost to Denver? Twenty one. No, that okay. was twenty one. That's what I thought. That that's another moment for me. That one always stood out for me, bro. Brian, Brian Mitchell jumping, running into the end zone for the Redskins, and that that streamer going across it. That that was one of the first ones I remember growing up. Yeah, yeah, you got one of your Iowa guys who's on the call too, Danon Hughes. Uh, he's a color commentator for Kansas City. Man, he's kind of getting used to it up there. There's a former Hawkeye for you. Well, yeah, but you're right. All those Chiefs people, they're they're getting quite used to sizing up their rings at the end of the year and and going to Super Bowls and just playing deep into the next year, January and February. So uh, you know, we'll see if they can get what would that be three and five years for the Chiefs if they win. Yeah, pretty much. Something something ridiculous. Hey, Brett, when when you look at this 49ers roster and, and it's kind of pick your poison if you're the defense for, you know, Spags and, and he blitzed, I mean, Lamar Jackson made him look pedestrian at, at times. What what are you thinking if, if you're Kansas City? Who are you trying to stop first uh, with all those all pros San Francisco has? Well, it's a great question, and it's a really difficult one, and that's probably why the 49ers are there. I would say maybe a a two-pronged answer to that. One, I think you have to find a way to slow down McCaffrey. He he is so dangerous and can do so many things, whether it's running the football or catching balls out of the backfield, short screen passes that turn into big ones. Having said that, I, I still want to frustrate Purdy. It feels like he's had really pedestrian, if not poor, first halves in the two playoff games and yet he and the team have responded quite well in the second half and you know I thought that game with the Lions was over at at halftime and and I thought the conversation was going to be something along the lines of hey Purdy's pretty good but we need something else to take us to the next level and then they go out and they they win the game and some of it was through bizarre plays the ball that hit the the defensive back in the face mask that was caught at the three-yard line the fumble on the next drive and, and whatnot but Purdy did have a much better second half and his numbers continue to be impressive I, I think you just have to find a way to to try and frustrate him as well and and take him off his game and see if you can extend that from not just the first half but to uh to the second and maybe this Chiefs defense is up to it because we don't probably talk enough about them considering how good that they have been because it's all Mahomes and Kelsey on the other side of the ball yeah it was shocking to watch you know that lead melt away for Detroit, and, and the way that it all happened. Some of it was fluky. Some of it might have been decision based. Uh, but you'd be surprised if Kansas City were to get up by that and 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 lose that kind of a lead. But man, when you see Brock Purdy take a team back, you start to believe a little bit. You know, uh, this you is. Do. Uh, I mean, the thing with Mahomes is, you know, when you when you are what fourteen and three now in postseason games, I think to your point, Phil they would be less likely to blow a lead than would the Lions uh, if with their postseason success and their postseason resume. Yeah, I mean, I think the Chiefs, if my opinion, try to get the lead early. Uh, if it came down to a one-score game in the fourth quarter, man, I, I'd be, I'd just be le- leaning heavy Mahomes. I, I think if it's a two-minute drill, four-minute drill uh, type type of deal, last last team with the ball, you, your money has to be on. He's, I think he's nine and three, Brett, as an underdog. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, and I do feel like this year was pretty symbolic of that because we thought they were down in the, in the regular season. They were not as good, and they were going to have to go on the road, and they were going to have to go to Buffalo, and they just keep overcoming their challenges almost as if they finally kind of flipped that switch, and and part of Mahomes, you know, this year felt like his receivers let him down at times in the regular season. But when he needs to make a play and he needs to bring his team back, he finds Kelsey. And we're not able to see the all 22 when we're watching TV. We're kind of privy to what they put on our screen. But he's always freaking open. So I, I don't know if it's the route running ability of him that's better than others, whether teams just can't figure out ways to stop him. But he's always making plays. And Mahomes and him have this connection that, uh, quite frankly, is a big reason why they're trying to win their third Super Bowl. 
Hey, I'll be watching the Super Bowl, I think, with the uh, women's basketball team, Brett, because we play at Tennessee next Monday night. The team will travel Sunday as long as the as long as the flight is not during the game. I'll be I'll be perfectly happy because it'd be kind of fun to watch uh, the Super Bowl with a, bu- a bunch of young ladies that want to watch the game and are interested in it. And they got a big one tonight. Like these next two games are huge for the women's team. I feel like you got to find a way to win at least one of these two road games, and obviously you'd think a game at Florida is easier to win than at Tennessee. Uh, Florida's 2-6 and six in the league, but their net is just a little bit ahead of Arkansas. But now that Talia Scott had one of those games, I mean, 33 the other night, gosh, in the fourth quarter, the third quarter, fourth quarter, she was absolutely unconscious. Um they're, they're kind of rounding in a form a little bit right here. And I think also another thing about this team right now, Matt, they're over 500 in the SEC. You realize that hasn't happened very often in Arkansas women's basketball history? Well, it hasn't. And, you know, I'm with you, though, Phil, on the importance of these games because you would think it's going to be hard to win at Tennessee. Now, you win a game like that, it is going to jump up that, that net ranking and the Talia Scott performance gave me the same thought the other day. I mean, that looked like Caitlin Clark in the second half. She put that team on her back, and her scoring ability changed it. They scored more points in that quarter than they've scored in several halves recently, mm-hmm. which is hard to do. Now, you know, you look at the, that, the, the win totals, both in conference and overall, they could get to 20 fairly easily, and they could be above 500 in the SEC. That net's still a concern to me at 61-ish. It felt like last year, the last team that got a at-large berth was at 55. And you're probably going to need to be in that 50 range to, to really feel like you're in a pretty good spot, even if you win 19, 20 games. So, need to take care of business against Florida, and they've got to be able to win their home games against Mizzou and uh, Vandy. Man, that's interesting, too, to think about the idea if a team that's over 500 in the SEC does not make get an at-large bid, that would feel like a, a confirmation of what some people feel, that the league is a little bit down this year and it's just top-heavy. Um, we're getting into some baseball here, too. Your reaction at the news from Peyton Stovall's injury yesterday and how you think that affects the team moving forward? Funny thing was, I was there watching it, and he got hit right on his foot, and it was kind of a thud. It wasn't a glancing blow. He stays in the box. They put a runner at first base, though, because they want him to hit, and the runner represents what would have been Peyton when, if he had taken his base. He blasts the ball into the gap, and I'm watching the outfitters go, and I look up, and he's rounding first and hobbling, so he doesn't get to second base. And I'm like, that's funny. And my, my fear was that maybe it was a calf muscle because he was kind of bending over, but he wasn't touching his shoe or his foot. And then I guess he got another at bat, even though he didn't run or didn't play in the field. And when I heard that, I'm like, son of a gun, because, you know, that's your leadoff hitter. That's a guy that I think people are rooting for to have a a good year, a big year in front of some of the boppers. And while he will be back at some point, it comes at a a situation personally where it's going to be hard for him to kind of run up the numbers he needs to to approach what he was given for a bonus a few years ago when he decided to come to Arkansas. And and I had a great conversation with him before this injury, Phil, and he's got his head on his shoulders right. I told him his uh, his belief about this draft is so much more mature than mine would be. I would be feeling a little bit pressured. He was just happy to be healthy and playing again and not worried about that. And it just kind of shuffled the deck mentally in all of those situations. I think if Sprague Lott plays second base, I think defensively from what we've heard, he'll be fine. Um, I think he's the roommate of Stovall, so it's kind of a zero-sum game for that apartment when it comes to playing time. But uh, I, we'll see if he can hit. I mean, Dave did say he did not hit teams, his own team as well in the fall as he would have liked, even though he's an experienced college hitter. Um, but now not only do you have to throw somebody new in at second base, you got to kind of shuffle the lineup and find a new leadoff hitter too. Is Dave Van Horn the best coach out there that hasn't won? Like, you know how we say the best golfers that haven't won a major and there was a short list and they kind of break through? Is it kind of, is it Dave Van Horn's time? Is he the best coach out there that hasn't won, won the championship? Yeah, I think so. And, 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 you know, Dave's comment the other day, Matt, at the Swatters Club, I thought was perfect. He said, who thought the Rangers were going to win the World Series last year? Who thought the Diamondbacks were going to be in it? Who thought Ole Miss was going to win the College World Series a couple of years ago? And he said, you get hot for 10 days. Um, you can win it. And, and what Arkansas did last year is they were the best team in the SEC for 10 weeks, which is really hard to do. It's harder to be good for 10 weeks than it is 10 days. 
but it would be nice to have them be the best team in a 10-day sequence just to kind of get that conversation over because this program's in its glory days of success right now, and there's only one thing missing, and that one thing is, is the most random of all when it comes to getting to Omaha and then finding a way to win the whole darn thing. You still get itchy this time of the year, Brett. Uh, the trucks are leaving uh, Major League Cities to go to spring training. Do you feel a little bit of that itch? Yeah, every year. It's uh, it's hard to break, and I, I think I'm probably a little better than I was five or ten years ago. It just, you know, the body rhythms, and you go through the same thing. You you, you know, you know just by the, the twitch or the, the calendar when you should be kind of cranking up. We're lucky in college baseball to be starting – with real games next Friday rather than spring training games in a few weeks. But uh, it does feel like it's getting closer, and these 50- and 60-degree days don't hurt when it comes to feeling like we should be playing some baseball really soon. Well, you got that right. We'll look forward to talking with you more as we go throughout college baseball season, too. And, Brett, appreciate your time. Thank you. Always fun, guys. Take care. Thank you, Brett. Brett Dolan. Noted baseball guy, noted basketball guy, noted football guy, noted gymnastics guy, noted softball guy. If, it's, if there's a ball or a bat or people jumping around, you know, in uniforms of some sort with a number on the back, he'll be there. Oh, I got to ask him if he's seen up in the air, if he's getting his miles, his miles up, because I know he travels a lot. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.